You are listening to Taboo Talks with Destiny. That's right, ladies. This is your new go-to podcast for all of those down and dirty, nitty-gritty conversations. Are you ready for me to spill the tea? Let's go. What's up, you guys? I am so excited for this podcast episode. I'm not going to lie to you. I had two other topics that I recorded, and I just wasn't feeling it. I just wasn't the flow. Um, there wasn't enough tea. And I just finished up with a client, and we had a really like hot topic conversation, and I just felt like this is it. This is what I need to talk about. So tonight we're going to be talking about orgasms, specifically female orgasms and, well, the lack thereof. I think if you're a girl, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Let's be real. A lot of men don't know where our G-spot is and they definitely aren't worried about finding out. I think... The sex industry has really focused on men and meeting their needs. And as women, it's quote unquote our job to entice them and fulfill their needs and be the object of their desires. But what about us? What about our orgasms and our needs? I don't know about you guys, but... I can come over and over again. And if you're not going to get me there at least one time, we have a problem. So first and foremost, ladies, your orgasms matter. They matter just as much as a man's, if not more, okay? And if you're having sex with someone that thinks you orgasming is not a priority, you're having sex with the wrong person. Now, if you're having sex with somebody that thinks that your orgasms are a priority, but they can't quite get you there, you also might be with the right person, or you just might need to have a different conversation. And I think that's kind of where the problem starts, is people aren't talking about this, and women don't feel comfortable talking about it. Because men, well, let's be honest, you guys, men get in their feelings, If we tell them that the wham, bam, thank you, ma'am doesn't quite do it for us and that they have to put in more work, it hurts their little egos. And I'm sorry to break it to you men, but you might have to step down off your high horse and realize that you have to do a little bit more than a few pumps here and there to get us to that same place that you get to go. And if you're not going to get us there, we're going to find someone else that will, okay? So listen up. This one is for the men and the women. I almost said boys and girls, and it is definitely not for the boys and girls. So it's really funny that I'm talking about this because I was actually just out to dinner with my boyfriend and uh, the topic of what we do came up and I started talking about waxing and he's all, 
yeah, I bet women are so mad or so frustrated at what they have to put themselves through for us men. And I quickly corrected him, as you guys know me. I said, oh, but we don't wax ourselves for you. And he was like, well, I know it's not like for us, but it's for us. And I said, actually, it's not for you at all. And when it is, quote unquote, for you, it's really still for us because we like our pussies and our ass ate. And some guys aren't going to do that if we're not wax. So when we do it for you, it's still for us. And even if we don't do it, there's going to be somebody else that's still going to eat. So don't be banking on that. Um, And it, it was a great conversation. He was quite baffled and he... Definitely uh, encouraged me and my boyfriend to do a podcast episode together, which I've been thinking about. I think it would be fun. Um, But he then asked me, like, hey, you should do an episode about, like, what us guys can do in the bedroom to, like, have better sex. And I feel like most of my listeners are females, so I was like, uh, I don't know. But after the conversation I had with my friend tonight, I'm like, you know, I really do think that this is something we need to talk about because if women aren't orgasming at least once in the bedroom, like, that that just isn't right. Like, it doesn't sit well with me. And so I'm actually um, almost finished with my course um, through Indiana State University so I can be certified in the sexual health and wellness um, program. But I've just been learning so much about the anatomy of the female body and everything from um, arousal to foreplay to climax and just how we all have different needs. And while someone might like the build up to climax for some people starts like at attraction Some people are so mentally and emotionally stimulated by like the flirtation and the chase. That is what really gets them going. And some people don't need any of that. They can jump right in the bed and start romping and it's good for them. But you really have to talk to your partner or you kind of have to figure out for yourself what your needs are. And I think that sometimes we feel a little bit uncomfortable doing that. Um, I don't think that self-pleasure should be something that is shameful or that we need to feel embarrassed about. But I think, you know, a lot of at least girls do. And I really want to break that stigma. When I started engaging in self-pleasure on a regular basis, whether I was with someone, like whether I was dating someone or not, um, I realized like your body needs that physical release. And sometimes it's a stress relief too. Um, And it doesn't have to be purely sensual. Um, So just do a little self-exploration. Figure out what you like and what gets you there because if you don't know what you like, you don't know how to tell somebody else how to get you there. And what is the fun in engaging in sexual activities if you're not climaxing people? I don't I don't understand it, okay? I mean, I get what the fun is, but it takes two to tango and both partners deserve to climax, okay? This is not just about the man. 
Um, and so what I want to talk about is if you're a man listening, first off, thank you for tuning in. Um, talk to your partner, whether your partner is a guy or a girl, um, ask them questions. Like that should be part of the dating process and getting to know someone and seeing if you're sexually compatible. Ask them what turns them on. Ask them what things they have done, what things they haven't done, what things they want to do and see if you guys are compatible. And if you guys are both curious about something, freaking try it, like try it. And then either, you know, you like it or you don't. And if you don't, that's fine. You don't have to do it again. But if you do like it, hello, you have just opened up a whole new world of pleasure. Like that sounds amazing to me. There's so many different things from products to creams to lubes to vibrators to strap-ons to bondage play, lingerie, beads, like all there's like literally a whole world of toys and products to enhance your life in the bedroom and just because you use things in the bedroom doesn't mean that what you're doing in the bedroom isn't enough um I want to start by saying that I have a very healthy sex life with my boyfriend it's always been that way and when we decide to do something that's out of the ordinary it's not because we're bored it's just because why not like it's fun to try new things um but you also want to make sure that you're allowing room for your partner to be honest so like let's say you want to try something and your partner turns you down um i hear girls talk about all the time how they want to use a vibrator when they're in bed, a lot of women need clitoral stimulation. There's 8,000 nerves in the clitoris, and a lot of women cannot get off with just penetration. They need clitoral stimulation, and that makes a lot of men uncomfortable as far as like bringing something else into the bedroom, but if you're not going to go down on her, you're not going to try to figure out exactly what she likes and give her exactly what she needs to get there. Give her the freedom to use a toy. It doesn't mean that you're not good. It just means that what she needs is different than maybe what you want to give. And if you are in a relationship, it's give and take. You know, if she is going to suck your dick and go down on you, you need to return the favor or be open to her using things that are going to meet her needs if you're not willing to. Can I get an amen, ladies? Um... And if you're a woman and your boyfriend wants, you know, likes deep throw or likes something that's out of your comfort zone, be willing to try it. And if it's not something that you're willing to try, don't make them feel shameful for like liking that. That's the biggest thing in a relationship with someone that you have um, like a sexual relationship with is you never want to like kink shame someone. If somebody likes something... Um, and you want them to be open and honest with you, you can't make them feel bad for what they like or you can't make them feel bad for what they need to improve on. You know, if a guy is not getting you there, don't step on his ego to tell him that he's not getting you there because the chances are he's going to have a really hard time getting you there because it's going to be thinking about all the things that he's doing wrong. So just make sure that when you have this conversation with your partner, um, 
you know, make sure that you're being gentle about it and maybe talk about it in a way that it doesn't sound like offensive and that might look different for some people and maybe you just like don't know how to sugarcoat things um so maybe your best bet at that point is to just like surprise them and like do something new I don't really know I I have never been in a situation where like I couldn't talk to my partner about the things that I liked in bed and I'm very outgoing so if I don't like something or somebody isn't comfortable with something I just let them know like well this is what I like so you know like this is what I like either you can do it or you can't and if you can't like we'll have to see like where this can go um but ladies I just want to empower you self-pleasure is like I mean, hello, it's 2020. Self-pleasure is freaking needed, okay? And guys don't think twice about rubbing one out. They've been doing it since they were like 10 years old. Allow yourself some stress relief, ladies. Get a vibrator. Get a dildo. Do freaking something. There are so many different products that I have that I freaking love and that make it quick and easy and we don't have a lot of time. All I need is like two minutes, okay? That's all I need, but if you are someone who's just not quite comfortable with that, um, figure out why you're not comfortable with it, and chances are if you're not comfortable pleasuring yourself, um, you're probably not allowing yourself to relax and be comfortable in the bedroom, and if you're not comfortable in the bedroom, you're never going to orgasm. And so usually not being comfortable in the bedroom or not being able to orgasm starts in the mind. So what is blocking your thought process? What are you thinking about? What is holding you back from just relaxing and letting go? That's where it starts. Figuring out what am I worried about? What are my fears? What can I like not stop thinking about that is prohibiting me from just relaxing and letting my body go? The second thing is women often get caught up on like, do I look good? How do I look? I don't want to wear that lingerie because I'm not going to look good or I don't want to get on top because my belly is going to move or I don't want to face the mirror because I'm going to see my cellulite. And if you guys haven't listened to my episode on self-love, go listen to it. Because the last thing you want to be holding you back in the bedroom is worrying about how you look. Because I promise you, unless you're having sex with a douchebag, they're attracted to you. Like you're in the room with them or in the bathroom or on the counter or in the car or wherever you like to do your do um, because they're attracted to you. And you being worried about the way your body moves, like our bodies move during sex and our skin folds and it jiggles and that's okay. And if you're with someone that makes you feel otherwise, they can fucking get out. Like they can (laughs) hit the curb because that's what our bodies do. They jiggle our skin folds, especially when somebody is folding your legs back over your head or you're arching your back to the freaking moon. Like it's not going to be perfect. And maybe you've just watched a lot of porn and you have to kind of like unfuck your mind and for like 
realize like these are actors. This is not like real life. And if you're a guy and you have these expectations of what you see in porn, chances are like you're not going to find a girl that looks like that and wants to do all of those things. Okay. So maybe lay off on the porn and like have real conversations or find somebody that's more sexually compatible to you. But Girls, I'm talking to you. If you are self-conscious in the bedroom and you're like, I only want to have sex with the lights off under the covers, like that's fine. Um, You deserve someone that's going to meet you where you're at. But I also encourage you to figure out why you feel that way or that why that's the only way that you're comfortable and take small steps to work around that it's not just gonna be like one day you're just gonna be walking down the hallway in your lingerie and just bust it open okay like I'm I'm not saying that but I'm saying if you feel insecure or self-conscious and you want to change that or you can't let yourself go to where you want to go mentally and emotionally because you are wrapped up in those things um figure out what that is and then take small steps to overcome that and that might mean like finding a like a little lingerie teddy piece where it's a one piece so you feel you know, sexy and like it's sucking you in, but it's something new for you. And then like, you know, maybe you're feeling more confident because you're covered up um, a little bit, or maybe that's, you know, getting like a light dimmer to where like the lighting is dim, or maybe you light some candles, you know, it's dark, but you can still like see a little bit. Just find a way to work past those um, mind blocks because if you aren't relaxed and like maybe you're totally confident and you're totally relaxed but you like to have the lights off that's totally fine I'm just saying whatever um, kind of mind blocks that you have or ways that you feel like maybe you're limiting yourself um, figure out what that is and then have a conversation with your partner or with the person that you're sleeping with um, because it's really important for both parties to understand what the needs are and both people deserve to have their needs met especially us women I mean sex isn't I mean usually you go and then when the man is done it's done unless you have an amazing partner that knows how to get you there before he gets there or that will keep going until you get there um and if you're one of those girls that you have a harder time getting there speak up figure out what you like and that's usually going to take some self-exploration um and maybe it's going to take some toys and maybe it's going to take a lube or a cream or a vibrator um or maybe it takes like flirtation and floor play like throughout the day like figure out what that is but don't be embarrassed or shy to speak up about your needs because guys sure as hell are not shy to speak up about theirs and they are sure as hell not shy like to like go out there and get it okay and i think we need more women that are going to be loud and proud about our orgasms and how important they are, okay? Girls need love too, 100%. Um, 
So yeah, I hope that was helpful. I just have so many conversations. Like tonight was a perfect example. Um, And like even, you know, I have this conversation all the time. Women will say like, yeah, I, you know, was with this guy for 10 years and he's the only person that's ever made me come. And I'm like, what? I don't understand. So like, is it a mind block or is it like you don't know how to explain like if you're having casual sex to these new partners what you like like women we have to do a better job at taking ownership over our bodies and not just letting ourselves be an object of someone else's pleasure if we are going to engage and give someone else pleasure they better be giving us some back and I understand like sometimes some of us are just givers and we enjoy giving and that's totally fine However, um, don't fall into the trap that, you know, like, well, it's fine because I just don't get off off of penetration. Okay, well, it's still their job to meet your needs. So they need to figure out what that is. And if it's not penetration, there's so many other ways. And, you know, we deserve it just as much as they do if not more we work hard we go through a lot okay we're tired at the end of the day so basically all i'm saying is closed mouths don't get fed ladies and if you want to want it just as bad as the men do i'm telling you this is why they want it so bad because they climax every time if you climaxed every time You would want to do it just as much as they do. And some of us have high sex drives and some of us don't. And if you want to have a high sex drive, but your body just doesn't work like that, there are products for that. And you can reach out to me um, totally on the low and I would love to help you with that. But it definitely takes like a conversation and it shouldn't be a taboo thing. We should be able to talk comfortably and honestly with our partner about what our needs are and how we can get there together. And just remember to keep an open mind. Like you might hear something that's a little bit different to you if you're more conservative um, or vanilla as I like to call it, but you would be surprised at the different things that you would enjoy when you just give something a try. So I'm going to end it on that note. I hope everyone is having a good hump day and I will see you guys next week. I hope you enjoyed episode two of Taboo Talks with Destiny. Self-love and self-care is so vitally important to our mental, emotional, and physical health. And if we can dig deep and figure out what that means for us, we can pour into ourselves and we'll be overflowing enough that we can help fill one another's cup. So I hope I was able to do that for you today, give you some value, help fill your cup a little bit. If you guys want to follow me on Instagram, I am am at destined to inspire for my personal account and my waxing and business account is the smooth secret i would love to hear from you guys if you got anything from the podcast feel free to dm me if there's any topics that you want to hear me talk about or questions that you have my door is always open Thank you so much for listening and I am so glad to have this platform to be able to empower and educate. 
Stay safe, you guys. You are listening to Taboo Talks with Destiny. That's right, ladies. This is your new go-to podcast for all of those down and dirty, nitty-gritty conversations. Are you ready for me to spill the tea? Let's go. What's up, everybody? I am back for part two of this little orgasms podcast episode. Last week, I wanted to speak about orgasms and the importance of both partners reaching that climax point, uh, not necessarily together, but just getting there in general. I think a lot of the times uh, women allow their partner to not meet their needs and then get frustrated when their needs aren't being met. Uh, and I think the problem starts like before that. I think the problem is not knowing what your needs are and how to get you there and feeling comfortable wanting to explore that and ask questions and figuring it out. And I think that's kind of how life is. Like we want all these things, but it's kind of uncomfortable figuring out how to get them and there's a lot of growing pains that we have to go through till we figure out what's right for us and what works for us uh but it's important that we go through that stuff and figure it out and i think the same thing applies in sex especially if you are in a committed relationship with a partner that you you know have made that commitment to to be faithful and lifelong partners, it's extremely important to be on the same page when it comes to your needs in the bedroom and sexual energy. Some people really have a lot of sexual energy and they have a lot of needs that need to be met. And while, you know, others don't, both both parties are still valid and meeting both people's needs and finding a compromise where everybody feels comfortable and valued is so important. And so today in part two, we're going to talk about where the female G-spot is located, where the male G-spot is located, and just how there are so many different ways to reach satisfaction that have absolutely nothing to do with any kind of penetration. So if you guys are down to ride this (laughs) ride with me, let's go. Okay. So, first things first, where is the G-spot? Now, a lot of people will say like, oh, it's in your clitoris because, you know, that's where like things for most women feel really good. And while there is 8,000 nerves in the clitoris, that's actually not where the G-spot is located. The G-spot for women is located... um, in your stomach, about a couple, three, depending on, you know, how many rolls you have in your stomach or if you have a long torso or short torso. Um, But it's a few inches below your belly button and a few inches above your mons pubis. And so when you are having sex and you are being penetrated, a lot of times you can feel it in your stomach 
Um, and so that is actually where that one specific spot, you ladies know what I'm talking about, that's where your G spot is located. And some people will beg to differ and say that everybody has G spots in a different place. Um, everybody has it in the same space, but you may not climax to G spot stimulation. So all of the females G spot is in the same spot, but that doesn't mean that's where you reach your climax. Um, a lot of women need clitoral stimulation to orgasm, and so their G-spot can be hit from penetration, but that is not what gets them to the point of orgasming. And that's something that men and women both need to know, and it's something you need to know about your body So when you're talking to your partner about things that get you excited or turn you on or what gets you to that ending explosion, you know how to tell them. Um, And obviously, depending on your level of intimacy and experience, it's going to take some time to figure that out. But that's why we're creating this podcast to encourage you to figure it out for yourself and to not feel any kind of shame um, when it comes to sex in your body, as long as this is age appropriate. (laughs) Um, And for males, the G-spot is actually located between their um, penis and their ass, and it's in that little taint spot, if you will. And so that's why uh, a lot of men like simulation in that area, and some men obviously uh, like penetration in that area as well. And so you really kind of have to figure out for each person whether they are a G-spot orgasmer, because sometimes, like I said, with females, you're not orgasming from hitting that G spot. Something else brings you to that climax point and that's normal and that's totally okay. And then there's some people who are G spot people and that is great too. Um, so really finding that out for yourself and then for your partner is going to be crucial and making sure that each person is able to get to that point. Obviously there's other Um, obstacles that can come into play as far as like being comfortable and kind of getting out of your head because you can know and your partner can know how to get you there. But if you're stuck in your own head um, or you're distracted and you don't know how to relax and let loose, it's not going to happen for you. And that's, you know, just something we all have to be mindful of and work on if that's something that you struggle with. Um, Always share that with your partner if, you know, you feel like you can't relax or they're not making you their presence isn't making you feel relaxed or calm. Um, share that with your partner because you, we never want to kind of get in our own way. So if a partner doesn't realize that they need to help us out and getting relaxed and feeling comfortable, they're going to probably think that um, they're doing something wrong and or that you're not turned on by them. And that just creates a whole loophole of problems. So communication is key um, when it comes to sex and orgasming. Obviously, consent is the number one C when it comes to sex. The second is 
communication. And the third is climax. If you have consent and you communicate, you guys can get to the climax. I just made that up, by the way, right here, right now. Um, And for females, the fourth C is usually going to be the clit. Bum, bum, bum. I had to throw that in there. Um, And I know a lot of females, I have a lot of friends that actually don't need any stimulation in that area to get them there. Now, I will say, I think for a lot of women, the reason why they don't like stimulation there is because they're not comfortable. They don't know how to relax with somebody looking straight at their lady bits because they aren't comfortable with their own lady bits. So when it comes to having somebody else down there, like literally face in your stuff, they, they can't relax, so they can't possibly enjoy it. Um, so I would encourage you, if that's you and you're listening, or if you're listening and your girlfriend doesn't like that, but you like that, um, it might be one, because you need to work on your skills, <laughs> but it also might be because they're just not comfortable um, and they don't know how to be comfortable with their own body. And as... A partner, especially if you're in like a committed relationship, helping your, helping your significant other, um, value and love their body is, is their own job, but you can always play a role in that. Um, and being an encourager and showing affection and support is always the right answer. So moving on, um, I would say if you are at the point where you're comfortable and you know how to um, communicate that with your partner, what you like um, and what gets you to that point, the next part is the fun stuff, is trying things out, trying new things. The worst thing that can happen, I feel like, in a relationship where everything is going good is when you get into a mundane routine. And I feel like that's just like so common um, is to just like go with a mundane and you just have this routine and you lose like the luster and the love. And that happens like just because it's life like we're busy with life and we're distracted and we're caught up with like all of these other things that we have to worry about and sometimes our partner gets the short end of the stick because we just don't have energy at at the end of the day whether you're male or female um it's it's rough and so we fall into this like mundane routine and um, a lot of times that happens in the bedroom and that's when people start getting bored Um, and you know maybe one partner reaches out and the other partner isn't interested or one partner doesn't reach out because they know that they're going to get turned down Um, and I think it's really important to be mindful of the fact that um you know, if you want, if you, we all change like over time, um, like we're constantly growing and evolving. And I, and I think that has to happen in a relationship too. You have to grow and evolve together. And some people like it, like super vanilla and they're going to be content with vanilla for the rest of their life. And that's absolutely great. Um, if it's not broke, don't fix it. 
But if it is starting to get broken, um, whip some tools out of that tool belt and try them out is all I'm saying. Okay. That's all I'm saying. So if you guys, you know, know how to get there, um, you might have to switch things up every once in a while. And that doesn't have to mean anything crazy, but I mean like the same thing every single time is probably not going to be ideal, um, for a forever thing. So if you're starting to feel like, I feel like I can't get my partner there, or I feel like he's just not getting me there, or I feel like I'm, something is off, like I'm not getting him there, have a conversation, be brave, communicate, and then get to moving, people. Try something new, spice it up, whether that's like putting on some lingerie or having a conversation about like, one thing I've been learning in my course that I'm taking is that there are different um timeframes and levels of intimacy. And so intimacy starts out as like a mutual attraction. You're both attracted to one another. And then there is arousal, like you get turned on, you're aroused. And then there is, now this isn't like the actual terminology. I'm just pulling what I can remember right now. Um, But there's attraction and then there's arousal and then there's like the physical act or whatever. And then there is the climax. So there's like foreplay would be like the physical, like the beginning. And then there is climax. And then there is afterwards, the connection that is there afterwards. And so one thing that I think we really forget to pay attention to, or even give any importance is that each individual might have a different heightened level of um, arousal or interest in, in other areas. And I know I'm, I'm not really making sense when I say this. So like, while someone might not even need the like mental stimulation of the attraction, that might be this like rev of someone else's engine. Um, and that might be what really gets them turned on while some other people don't really get turned on or excited until foreplay and they need a lot of foreplay um whether that's mental foreplay or physical they might need a lot of that and that is really what turns them on even more so than the actual um enjoyment of the climax and some people really crave that intimacy um post climax and that high or that feeling that they get after that And each person um, spends a different amount of time in those five stages. And when it comes to figuring out the steps or the anatomy of an orgasm, um, I think that's an important, a really crucial thing to keep in mind is that... um, Climax and orgasm isn't just about like penetration or whatever. There can be so much that builds up to it. And when we take all that stuff away and we expect to climax from 
a little bit of wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, pumping action, maybe that does it for some people, but majority of the time there are, there's so many different factors. And so if you're really having trouble getting there, or if you're having trouble with your partner getting you there, um, or if you're having trouble getting your partner there, um, no matter what side of this you're on, I really think that thinking about that is so huge and obviously well for me it's obvious but the factor also comes into play um both parties probably want to uh have the other person person initiate it always feels good to know when your significant other wants you when they're turned on by you and so it's a crazy thing. I feel like a lot of women want their man to come on to them. They don't want to have to, to come on to them. But I feel like sometimes, you know, the guys are tired. Like they want to feel wanted as well. They want to feel desired just like we as women do. Um, and so I think no matter if you like who you're with or what the dynamics of your relationship is, you also need to remember that if your partner is always if your partner is the one that always has to come on to you, you coming on to them could be the very thing that changes the dynamic of that time that you spend together and could very well result in an outcome that you really enjoy or that makes them really happy or you really happy. Um, and I know it shouldn't have to be this complicated or in my mind, it shouldn't have to be this complicated. But yet again, that's why I'm here. That's what this podcast is for is because there's so many people uh, going through different things or different struggles um, and not feeling like they can talk about it or like there's any information out there Um and I feel like a lot of the information that's out there about this stuff is so uh, like scripted and printed and just not like realistic. So um, yeah, I just hope that you guys really think about this stuff and can get some value from it. Um, I'm loving this course that I'm taking and me being a very open person and very comfortable um, in a lot of different scenarios, I'm learning so much and I feel like I know a lot because I have experienced a lot in my colorful life. Um, and I'm just learning so much and I love that, um, there's information out there and I love that I have this platform to be able to share it because just having even conversations with my girlfriends they're like wow I never even thought about that and it's crazy um how we just kind of think things are just supposed to work when in reality like we we have to do a lot of work on ourselves and we have to make conscious effort um to have the results that we want we have to show up and put in the work and that just goes for everything even freaking sex you guys so that's all I have for you today today's a little bit shorter of an episode but I hope that I said something that resonated with you that can help you and really quickly if you are struggling and you do need some things to spice up the bedroom i do have um a lot of toys and a lot of fun things 
that I have just become affiliated with. I partnered with an amazing company. Um, They're like the number one company in the market for um, sex toys and lubes and all things romance fun in the bedroom. And I'm going to do next week's episode on uh, just kind of the different ways that you can spice things up and kind of create a little bit more comfort and ease in the bedroom. And um, yeah, I'm going to be doing a review on a special swing. So I'm super excited to get that in and test it out. Give it a go. If you know what I mean, take it for a ride. Um, So that will be next week's episode. But yeah, if you guys are having trouble or you're really just curious about what ways you can spice things up, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. Um, I would love to help you and share with you um, the products that I love and that I have used. And you can tune in next week for a full podcast episode on that. All right. I hope you guys loved it and I'll see you next time. You are listening to Taboo Talks with Destiny. That's right, ladies. This is your new go-to podcast for all of those down and dirty, nitty-gritty conversations. Are you ready for me to spill the tea? Let's go. You are listening to Taboo Talks with Destiny. That's right, ladies. This is your new go-to podcast for all of those down and dirty, nitty-gritty conversations. Are you ready for me to spill the tea? Let's go. What is up, you guys? I hope you are having the best day ever. And if not, hopefully this week's episode can give you some laughs and some encouragement. If you are a mom, go ahead and pat yourself on the back. This episode is specifically designed for you. And if you're not a mom, there's still going to be some really good info here, especially if you ever plan on having a baby. So listen up. So I get questions all the time about confidence after having a baby, um, changes in your labia minora, your labia majora, and just overall vaginal changes after having a baby when I'm waxing people. And so I thought, what a better topic to talk about for my podcast. So this week we are talking about body changes and sex post delivering your baby. Okay. Just took me right back to delivery right then and there saying that. And I am petrified all over again. (laughs) If you had a traumatic delivery, you know what I'm talking about. Okay. I will never forget. And if you didn't have a traumatic delivery, I am so happy for you. Um, so what I really want to get into today is, what changes you can expect and kind of tell you the stuff that nobody else is going to tell you and give you a little bit of insight and also hear some funny stories. 
So prior to having a baby, I have always had a large appetite when it comes to sex. I definitely um, am a Scorpio in the true nature of the description of a Scorpio. Uh, I can never get enough and it can probably never be dirty or raunchy enough. if I'm telling the truth. Um, and that didn't really change with pregnancy either. I mean, you definitely have to get a little bit creative and sometimes, you know, like your back hurts or maybe you're not in the mood. Um, but for the most part I was and, um, carried on like throughout my whole pregnancy that way. I would say probably the last four weeks we kind of, um, eased up because he was petrified that not only he thought he was going to poke her in the head, you guys, I think all men think that whether or not their penis is large or small, his penis is very large. So I understood. Um, even though I knew that was absolutely not going to happen, but also I think he was terrified that it was going to put me in labor and he was not ready for this baby. Okay. I was more than ready to get her out. I was so over feeling, like a whale. Anyways, fast forward. Um, I got some birth control put in like right away because I was like, "Mm -mm, I am not going to be scared. The first, you know, couple times we have sex that I'm going to get pregnant. Okay. So I had, um, an IUD put in. Now I got the one with no hormones. It's the copper one, or I guess it's just copper plated called the Paragard. Um, and if you, are pregnant, here's a tip. Um, if you want to go back on birth control and an IUD is something you're thinking about, have them put it in, um, right after you have your baby or, I mean, they didn't put mine in until I want to say like six weeks later, but my cervix was still open. So it actually didn't hurt. I felt some pressure, but it didn't hurt. Um, and I know that if you have not had a baby or if your cervix is not open, it is somewhat painful. Um, so if you are pregnant, keep that in mind. So we had my IUD put in and around, I think it was like six or eight weeks, the doctor gave me the go. And so you guys, I was so excited. I was so ready. I needed it and I wanted it. And so the baby was sleeping in our bedroom, so we had to do it on the couch, and we went to go do it. I got some lube because something that had changed, and I wasn't sure if this was like, you know, just because I was eight weeks postpartum, things were finally healed, but I wasn't um, like getting wet like normal like, or I guess what was normal before I had my baby. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to get some lube. Um, and you guys, it was like hitting a brick wall. That thing was not going anywhere, anywhere. I think it was six weeks that we tried and it was literally like, it wasn't happening. I was so distraught. You guys, there was no way his was going in my thing. Or as Cardi B would say, I wanted him to park that big Mack truck right in this little garage and the garage door was down and the button was broken and there was no way anything was getting parked in there okay so I was super upset and I'm like okay well I did tear during delivery and they um had to sew my 
tear back up. So like maybe that's why, you know, like I'm just, my body's not ready yet. I actually had asked the doctor to uh, give me the little daddy stitch, you know, help me be like a virgin again. And they didn't think it was very funny. But in that moment, I was like, maybe they did. Maybe this is like the new normal for me. And at that point I was scared. Okay. Because it wasn't going in like at all. So we waited a couple more weeks and we attempted and it started to work. But you guys, when I say that it was painful, I mean, it was not enjoyable. Let me put you on a little fact here. Female and male cats, when they have sex, the male puts his little cat penis into the female cat and then his penis extracts these little spikes into the cat's vagina so she cannot get out okay and they're making their like or whatever weird noises the cat makes i'm not a cat person okay so it's not my thing um and that's what it felt like you guys it felt like his penis had these freaking spikes in it and it was just like just ripping me up okay it was like so bad but mentally I was like well we got to do it sometime I really want it and it I shouldn't say it was like excruciating like it was it was um doable by all means but it wasn't pleasurable like it didn't feel good we used lube he was like you look like you're in pain and I'm like no it's okay it's fine and he's like are you sure because you look like you're in pain and I'm like it's fine I just wanted to like get it over with so that way my body could adjust and get used to it so if your first experience after having your baby was not good or not fun you're not alone and it's okay like that's pretty freaking normal um in my experience at least if you tear Um, a lot of my girlfriends that have had babies said the same thing. Like they just weren't ready, even though mentally or emotionally they wanted to, like your bodies need time to heal. Giving birth to a human, whether you tear or not is like a freaking miracle, literally. So have some grace with yourself. And one thing that I maybe would have done differently is grab some lube and use a toy by myself or with my partner. Um, That would have really, I feel like, been a good option for both of us to be pleased, feel aroused, and kind of warm myself up to the idea of or warm my body up to the idea of having something go in me and you can start small and then get bigger. Um, And, you know, if internal um, penetration is it for you, you can still have that clitoral stimulation. Um, so for those of you out there who might be newly postpartum or you're about to have a baby, um, I would really encourage you to talk with your partner and see how you guys feel about using vibrators, dildos, just different, um, toys in the bedroom. So that can always be an option because, even, you know, sometimes long after having your baby, it's just not the same. I have a friend and she actually just spoke about this, how she felt like her um, vaginal canal was like going in a different direction when she was having sex with her husband and it was just not pleasurable at all. And um, for some people, they've had that conversation with their partner and they know what they're comfortable with and what they're not. But for me, it wasn't even on my radar to think like, okay, this is really painful or this might be really painful. Let me 
try something else that we can both do together or maybe that I can do by myself um, to warm my body back up to, um, you know, the, the normal sexual activity that we're used to. Um, so we took our time. I don't really remember um, much about like it being painful after that. I just remember like we couldn't, you know, go hard like we used to. We couldn't do all the same things um, that we used to, or at least I couldn't. Obviously he could, um, but I just couldn't handle it. Um, and if you guys have a good supportive partner, they will understand and they will be patient with you. And if they're pressuring you, um, they need a lesson in what no means and in a lesson in respect and love. Okay. So you better put your foot down and don't let them pressure you or make you feel like less of a girlfriend or a wife or baby mama or whatever, because your body needs time to heal. Um, Another thing that I wish I would have known is that it is very, very common for your body to not get as wet after you've had a baby. Now, that's not something that I struggle with anymore, but during that first six months postpartum, maybe even the first year, um, it just wasn't the same. And it's just because your hormones are all out of whack. You know, for me, I was lucky enough that I was able to breastfeed. And so your body is working overtime, like trying to shrink your uterus down, trying to get your hormones balanced out, trying to produce milk. Um, and it's a lot. It's a lot going on. Um, and sometimes it's mental. You know, sometimes you can't mentally get to that place where you can relax um, when you're in the moment with your partner. And so your body doesn't react the way that you want it to because you're not mentally there. And sometimes you are mentally there and your body is just off. Um, and so one thing that I started doing was taking a probiotic. Now, probiotics are amazing and they're vital for your health for a multitude of different reasons. However, if you are a woman, taking a probiotic is key also for vaginal health. They have probiotics um, that are for everyone. They have ones that are specific to women and then they have, they have like different strains. Um, I would make sure that you get a women's probiotic. It is going to help things flow naturally um, it's going to help just with gut health in general um, but one thing I noticed was that um, when I was working out after having a baby I have like a furnace down here you guys like I have a fat ass okay and I just like sweat like between my thighs my ass like all of it okay and so when I sweat I felt like my sweat smelled differently like it I could actually smell it and I was like, dude, what the heck is going on? Like, this is not cool. Um, and I noticed a difference when I took my probiotic. Um, not only was everything just flowing better and I was wetter, but my sweat wasn't stinking as bad down there, which I know it's really weird. It wasn't like, you know, I was stinking. It was, I just, my, I sweat more than I ever had. Um, and maybe that's cause like my legs were bigger, like everything was just bigger. I'm not really sure. Um, but taking a probiotic like helped so, so, so much you guys. Um, so I would encourage you to check that out, find one that you love and that works for you. Um, another thing, um, that I want to talk about is, I tore. Now, not everyone tears. Um, now, I think they they cut you um, if they think you're going to tear. 
or they used to, that's what it is. They used to give you the episiotomy. They used to cut you, but now they just let you tear. Um, and so I was worried about like being loosey goosey, um, (laughs) postpartum, which is why I asked for the daddy stitch. And, um, I was pleasantly surprised that it does in fact go back just like it was before. Obviously, like the first few times that we tried to have sex, it didn't even work. Um, but I was so self-conscious, you guys, I was so worried. So I actually looked at my vagina with a mirror like multiple times for the first couple months after I had her because it's, it's, you know, a lot to take in that things are going to change. And I wanted to know what I was working with. Now, I know some people, like even some of my closest friends have said to me, like, I have no idea what it even looks like down there because they're too afraid to look after having a baby. And I'm like, oh no, like I have to know. Um, so don't be afraid. Grab a mirror, maybe wait, you know, like a month. Uh, you don't want to be looking down there when you're bleeding. Um, that's obviously not a pleasant surprise. Um, also fun fact, if you are pregnant or you plan to be pregnant one day, make yourself your own icicle pads. Okay. I used aloe vera and witch hazel and soaked my pads in the freezer and it was life changing for me. Okay. So go ahead and whip up some of those when you are at the end of your pregnancy thank me later but back to being comfortable looking at your vagina after having a baby now some people are like destiny i am never going to look at my vagina whether i've had a baby or not like i just i don't want to and that's fine you don't have to but you don't want to do it because you're uncomfortable and if you want to get comfortable and you want to feel confident then check it out because it's probably not as bad as you think. And when you know your body, you know how you like to be pleased. Like you know how to better please yourself. Um, just, you know, from personal experience. Okay. So get a mirror, take a look. It's not going to be as scary as you think. Um, actually I have a friend, both of us tour. And when I was waxing her, she's like, I'm really nervous for you to see my tail. And I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like my tail. I'm like, your butt, your butt crack. She's like, no, my tail from like when I tore like my extra flap of skin. And I'm like, homegirl, that is not a tail. I have one too. She's like, it's a tail to me. And I'm like, no, it's just a tiny little bit of skin and no one notices it. No one would know that that wasn't there before you had your baby besides you. And she's like, exactly. I know it's there. I said, but if you wouldn't have said anything to me, I would have thought that's just how your vagina is. You know what I mean? She's like, yeah, but I just wanted to go back to looking like it did before I had a baby. And I want to say there's probably a lot of women that feel that way. And what I want to tell you is that guys don't care. They don't. They see more vaginas than we do. So whatever you've got going on down there isn't going to be a surprise to them. Unless they've only had sex with one person for an extended period of time and you're the second person that they're having sex with, they don't care. And chances are they probably watch porn. So they still don't care and they've still seen more than one, okay? Um, and if you're uncomfortable, you know, you kind of just let, got to let that go. Like, it's it's really superficial um how we look down there it 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 doesn't matter it doesn't define anything there's no scale like it it doesn't matter 
So this is a lot, you guys. Take a deep breath. Remember, it's okay. What's up, you guys? You are listening to Taboo Talks with Destiny. That's right, ladies. This is your new go-to podcast for all of those down and dirty, nitty-gritty questions. Are you ready? Let's go. What's up, you guys? You are listening to Taboo Talks with Destiny. That's right, ladies. This is your new go-to podcast for all of those down and dirty, nitty-gritty questions. Are you ready? Let's go. What's up, you guys? You are listening to Taboo Talks with Destiny. That's right, ladies. This is your new go-to podcast for all of those down and dirty, nitty-gritty questions. Are you ready? Let's go. What's up, you guys? You are listening to Taboo Talks with Destiny. That's right, ladies. This is your new go-to podcast for all of those down and dirty, nitty-gritty questions. Are you ready? Let's go. What's up, you guys? You are listening to Taboo Talks with Destiny. That's right, ladies. This is your new go-to podcast for all of those down and dirty, nitty-gritty questions. Are you ready? Let's go. What's up, you guys? You are listening to Taboo Talks with Destiny. That's right, ladies. This is your new go-to podcast for all of those down and dirty, nitty-gritty questions. Are you ready? Let's go. What's up, you guys? You are listening to Taboo Talks with Destiny. That's right, ladies. This is your new go-to podcast for all of those down and dirty, nitty-gritty questions. Are you ready? Let's go. What's up, everybody? I am back for part two of this little orgasms podcast episode. Last week, I wanted to speak about orgasms and the importance of both partners reaching that climax point, uh, not necessarily together, but just getting there in general. I think a lot of the times uh, 
women allow their partner to not meet their needs and then get frustrated when their needs aren't being met. Uh, And I think the problem starts like before that. I think the problem is not knowing what your needs are and how to get you there and feeling comfortable wanting to explore that and ask questions and figuring it out. And I think that's kind of how life is like we want all these things, but it's kind of uncomfortable figuring out how to get them. And there's a lot of growing pains that we have to go through till we figure out what's right for us and what works for us. Uh, But it's important that we go through that stuff and figure it out. And I think the same thing applies in sex, especially if you are in a committed relationship with a partner that you, you know, have made that commitment to, to be faithful and lifelong partners, it's extremely important to be on the same page when it comes to your needs in the bedroom and sexual energy. Some people really have a lot of sexual energy and they have a lot of needs that need to be met. And while, you know, others don't both both parties are still valid and meeting both people's needs and finding a compromise where everybody feels comfortable and valued is so important and so today in part two we're going to talk about where the female g-spot is located where the male g-spot is located and just how there are so many different ways to reach satisfaction that have absolutely nothing to do with any kind of penetration so if you guys are down to ride this (laughs) ride with me let's go okay so first things first where is the g-spot now a lot of people will say like oh it's in your clitoris because you know that's where like things for most women feel really good and while there is eight thousand nerves and the clitoris that's actually not where the g-spot is located the g-spot for women is located um in your stomach about a couple three depending on you know how many rolls you have in your stomach or if you have a long torso or short torso Um, but it's a few inches below your belly button and a few inches above your mons pubis and so when you are having sex and you are being penetrated a lot of times you can feel it in your stomach Um, and so that is actually where that one specific spot, you ladies know what I'm talking about. That's where your G spot is located. And some people will beg to differ and say that everybody has G spots in a different place. Um, everybody has it in the same space, but you may not climax to G spot stimulation. So All of the female's G-spot is in the same spot, but that doesn't mean that's where you reach your climax. Um, A lot of women need clitoral stimulation to orgasm, and so their G-spot can be hit from penetration, but that is not what gets them to the point of orgasming. And that's something that men and women both need to know, and it's something you need to know about your body 
So when you're talking to your partner about things that get you excited or turn you on or what gets you to that ending explosion, you know how to tell them. Um, And obviously, depending on your level of intimacy and experience, it's going to take some time to figure that out. But that's why we're creating this podcast to encourage you to figure it out for yourself and to not feel any kind of shame um, when it comes to sex in your body, as long as this is age appropriate. (laughs) Um, And for males, the G-spot is actually located between their um, penis and their ass, and it's in that little taint spot, if you will. and so that's why uh, a lot of men like simulation in that area, and some men obviously uh, like penetration in that area as well. And so you really kind of have to figure out for each person whether they are a G-spot orgasmer, because sometimes, like I said, with females, you're not orgasming from hitting that G-spot. Something else brings you to that climax point, and that's normal, and that's totally okay. And then there's some people who are G-spot people, and that is great too. Um, so really finding that out for yourself and then for your partner is going to be crucial in making sure that each person is able to get to that point. Obviously, there's other um, obstacles that can come into play as far as like being comfortable and um, kind of getting out of your head because you can know and your partner can know how to get you there. But if you're stuck in your own head um, or you're distracted and you don't know how to relax and let loose, it's not going to happen for you. And that's, you know, just something we all have to be mindful of and work on if that's something that you struggle with. Um, always share that with your partner if, you know, you feel like you can't relax or you're, they're not making you feel their presence isn't making you feel relaxed or calm. Um, share that with your partner because you, we never want to kind of get in our own way. So if a partner doesn't realize that they need to help us out and getting relaxed and feeling comfortable, they're going to probably think that um, they're doing something wrong and or that you're not turned on by them. And that just creates a whole loophole of problems. So communication is key um, when it comes to sex and orgasming. Obviously, consent is the number one C when it comes to sex. The second is communication. And the third is climax. If you have consent and you communicate, you guys can get to the climax. I just made that up, by the way, right here, right now. Um, And for females, the fourth C is usually going to be the clit. Bum, bum, bum. I had to throw that in there. Um, and I know a lot of females, I have a lot of friends that actually don't need any stimulation in that area to get them there. Now I will say, I think for a lot of women, the reason why they don't like stimulation there is because they're not comfortable. They don't know how to relax with somebody looking straight at their lady bits because they aren't comfortable with their own lady bits. So when it comes to having somebody else down there, like literally face in your stuff, they, they can't relax, so they can't possibly enjoy it. Um, 
So I would encourage you, if that's you and you're listening, or if you're listening and your girlfriend doesn't like that, but you like that, um, it might be one, because you need to work on your skills, (laughs) but it also might be because they're just not comfortable, um, and they don't know how to be comfortable with their own body. And as a partner, especially if you're in like a committed relationship, helping your helping your significant other um, value and love their body is is their own job, but you can always play a role in that. Um, and being an encourager and showing affection and support is always the right answer. So moving on, um, I would say if you are at the point where you're comfortable and you know how to um, communicate that with your partner, what you like, um, and what gets you to that point. The next part is the fun stuff is trying things out, trying new things. The worst thing that can happen, I feel like in a relationship where everything is going good is when you get into a mundane routine. And I feel like that's just like so common, um, is to just like go with a mundane and you just have this routine and you lose like the luster and the love. And that happens like just because it's life, like we're busy with life and we're distracted and we're caught up with like all of these other things that we have to worry about. And sometimes our partner gets the short end of the stick because we just don't have energy at at the end of the day, whether you're male or female. Um, it's, it's rough. And so we fall into this like mundane routine. And, um, a lot of times that happens in the bedroom and that's when people start getting bored. Um, and you know, maybe one partner reaches out and the other partner isn't interested or one partner doesn't reach out because they know that they're going to get turned down. Um, and I think it's really important to be mindful of the fact that, um, you know, if you want, if you, we all change like over time. Um, like we're constantly growing and evolving. And I, and I think that has to happen in a relationship too. You have to grow and evolve together. And some people like it, like super vanilla and they're going to be content with vanilla for the rest of their life. And that's absolutely great. Um, if it's not broke, don't fix it. But if it is starting to get broken, um, whip some tools out of that tool belt and try them out is all I'm saying. Okay. That's all I'm saying. So if you guys, you know, know how to get there, um, you might have to switch things up every once in a while. And that doesn't have to mean anything crazy, but I mean like the same thing every single time is probably not going to be ideal, um, for a forever thing. So if you're starting to feel like, I feel like I can't get my partner there, or I feel like he's just not getting me there, or I feel like I'm, something is off. Like I'm not getting him there. Have a conversation, be brave, communicate, and then get to moving people try something new spice it up whether that's like putting on some lingerie 
or having a conversation about like one thing I've been learning in my course that I'm taking is that there are different um, time frames and levels of intimacy and so intimacy starts out as like a mutual attraction you're both attracted to one another and then there is arousal like you get turned on you're aroused and then there is now this isn't like the actual terminology I'm just pulling what I can remember right now um but there's attraction and then there's arousal and then there's like the physical act or whatever and then there is the climax so there's like foreplay would be like the physical like the beginning and then there is climax and then there is afterwards the connection that is there afterwards and so one thing that I think we really forget to pay attention to or even give any importance is that each individual might have a different heightened level of um, arousal or interest in, in other areas. And I know I'm, I'm not really making sense when I say this. So like, while someone might not even need the like mental stimulation of the attraction, that might be this like rev of someone else's engine. Um, and that might be what really gets them turned on while some other people don't really get turned on or excited until foreplay and they need a lot of foreplay um whether that's mental foreplay or physical they might need a lot of that and that is really what turns them on even more so than the actual um enjoyment of the climax and some people really crave that intimacy um post climax and that high or that feeling that they get after that And each person um, spends a different amount of time in those five stages. And when it comes to figuring out the steps or in the anatomy of an orgasm, um, I think that's an important, a really crucial thing to keep in mind is that... um, Climax and orgasm isn't just about like penetration or whatever there can be so much that builds up to it and when we take all that stuff away and we expect to climax from a little bit of wham bam thank you ma'am pumping action maybe that does it for some people but majority of the time there are there's so many different factors and so if you're really having trouble getting there or if you're having trouble with your partner getting you there um or if you're having trouble getting your partner there um no matter what side of this you're on i really think that thinking about that is so huge and obviously well for me it's obvious but the factor also comes into play um both parties probably want to uh have the other person person initiate it always feels good to know when your significant other wants you when they're turned on by you and so it's a crazy thing. I feel like a lot of women want their man to come on to them. They don't want to have to to come on to them. But I feel like sometimes, you know, the guys are tired. Like they want to feel wanted as well. They want to feel desired just like we as women do. 
Um, and so I think no matter if you like who you're with or what the dynamics of your relationship is, you also need to remember that if your partner is always, if your partner is the one that always has to come on to you, you coming on to them could be the very thing that changes the dynamic of that time that you spend together and could very well result in an outcome that you really enjoy or that makes them really happy or you really happy. Um, And I know it shouldn't have to be this complicated or in my mind, it shouldn't have to be this complicated. But yet again, that's why I'm here. That's what this podcast is for is because there's so many people uh, going through different things or different struggles um, and not feeling like they can talk about it or like there's any information out there. Um, And I feel like a lot of the information that's out there about this stuff is so uh like scripted and printed and just not like realistic so um yeah i just hope that you guys really think about this stuff and can get some value from it um i'm loving this course that i'm taking and me being a very open person and very comfortable um in a lot of different scenarios I'm learning so much and I feel like I know a lot because I have experienced a lot in my colorful life um and I'm just learning so much and I love that um there is information out there and I love that I have this platform to be able to share it because just having even conversations with my girlfriends they're like wow I never even thought about that and it's crazy um how we just kind of think things are just supposed to work when in reality like we we have to do a lot of work on ourselves and we have to make conscious effort um to have the results that we want we have to show up and put in the work and that just goes for everything even freaking sex you guys so that's all I have for you today. Today's a little bit shorter of an episode, but I hope that I said something that resonated with you that can help you. And really quickly, if you are struggling and you do need some things to spice up the bedroom, I do have um, a lot of toys and a lot of fun things uh, that I have just become affiliated with i partnered with an amazing company um they're like the number one company in the market for um sex toys and lubes and all things romance fun in the bedroom and i'm going to do next week's episode on uh just kind of the different ways that you can spice things up and kind of create a little bit more comfort and ease in the bedroom and um yeah i'm going to be doing a review on a special swing so i'm super excited to get that in and test it out give it a go if you know what I mean, take it for a ride. Um, so that will be next week's episode. But yeah, if you guys are having trouble or you're really just curious about what ways you can spice things up, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. Um, I would love to help you and share with you, um, the products that I love and that I have used 
and you can tune in next week for a full podcast episode on that. All right. I hope you guys loved it and I'll see you next time. What's up, everybody? I am back for part two of this little orgasms podcast episode. Last week, I wanted to speak about orgasms and the importance of both partners reaching that climax point, uh, not necessarily together, but just getting there in general. I think a lot of the times uh, women allow their partner to not meet their needs and then get frustrated when their needs aren't being met. Uh, And I think the problem starts like before that. I think the problem is not knowing what your needs are and how to get you there and feeling comfortable wanting to explore that and ask questions and figuring it out. And I think that's kind of how life is. Like we want all these things, but it's kind of uncomfortable figuring out how to get them. And there's a lot of growing pains that we have to go through till we figure out what's right for us and what works for us. Uh, But it's important that we go through that stuff and figure it out. And I think the same thing applies in sex, especially if you are in a committed relationship with a partner that you, you know, have made that commitment to, to be faithful and lifelong partners, it's extremely important to be on the same page when it comes to your needs in the bedroom and sexual energy. Some people really have a lot of sexual energy and they have a lot of needs that need to be met. And while, you know, others don't, both both parties are still valid and meeting both people's needs and finding a compromise where everybody feels comfortable and valued is so important. And so today in part two, we're going to talk about where the female G-spot is located, where the male G-spot is located, and just how there are so many different ways to reach satisfaction that have absolutely nothing to do with any kind of penetration. So if you guys are down to ride this (laughs) ride with me, let's go. Okay. So, first things first, where is the G-spot? Now, a lot of people will say like, oh, it's in your clitoris because, you know, that's where like things for most women feel really good. And while there is 8,000 nerves and the clitoris, that's actually not where the G-spot is located. The G-spot for women is located... um, in your stomach about a couple three depending on you know how many rolls you have in your stomach or if you have a long torso or short torso Um, but it's a few inches below your belly button and a few inches above your mons pubis and so when you are having sex and you are being penetrated a lot of times you can feel it in your stomach Um, and so that is actually where that one specific spot, you ladies know what I'm talking about. That's where your G spot is located. And some people will beg to differ and say that everybody has G spots in a different place. Um, everybody has it in the same space, 
but you may not climax to G-spot stimulation. So all of the female's G-spot is in the same spot, but that doesn't mean that's where you reach your climax. Um, a lot of women need clitoral stimulation to orgasm, and so their G-spot can be hit from penetration, but that is not what gets them to the point of orgasming. And that's something that men and women both need to know, and it's something you need to know about your body. So when you're talking to your partner about things that get you excited or turn you on or what gets you to that ending explosion, you know how to tell them. Um, And obviously, depending on your level of intimacy and experience, it's going to take some time to figure that out. But that's why we're creating this podcast to encourage you to figure it out for yourself and to not feel any kind of shame um, when it comes to sex in your body, as long as this is age appropriate. And for males, the G-spot is actually located between their um, penis and their ass, and it's in that little taint spot, if you will. Um, And so that's why uh, a lot of men like simulation in that area, and some men obviously Uh, like penetration in that area as well. And so you really kind of have to figure out for each person whether they are a G-spot orgasmer because sometimes, like I said, with females, you're not orgasming from hitting that G-spot. Something else brings you to that climax point and that's normal and that's totally okay. And then there's some people who are G-spot people and that is great too. Um, so really finding that out for yourself and then for your partner is going to be crucial in making sure that each person is able to get to that point. Obviously, there's other um, obstacles that can come into play as far as like being comfortable and um, kind of getting out of your head because you can know and your partner can know how to get you there. But if you're stuck in your own head, um, or you're distracted and you don't know how to relax and let loose, it's not going to happen for you. And that's, you know, just something we all have to be mindful of and work on. If that's something that you struggle with, um, always share that with your partner. If you know, you feel like you can't relax or you they're not making you feel their presence isn't making you feel relaxed or calm. Um, share that with your partner because you, we never want to kind of get in our own way. So if a partner doesn't realize that they need to help us out and getting relaxed and feeling comfortable, they're going to probably think that um, they're doing something wrong and or that you're not turned on by them. And that just creates a whole loophole of problems. So communication is key um, when it comes to sex and orgasming. Obviously, consent is the number one C when it comes to sex. The second is communication. And the third is climax. If you have consent and you communicate, you guys can get to the climax. I just made that up, by the way, right here, right now. Um, And for females, the fourth C is usually going to be the clit. Bum, bum, bum. I had to throw that in there. Um, 
And I know a lot of females, I have a lot of friends that actually don't need any stimulation in that area to get them there. Now, I will say, I think for a lot of women, the reason why they don't like stimulation there is because they're not comfortable. They don't know how to relax with somebody looking straight at their lady bits because they aren't comfortable with their own lady bits. So when it comes to having somebody else down there, like literally face in your stuff, they they can't relax so they can't possibly enjoy it um so i would encourage you if that's you and you're listening or if you're listening and your girlfriend doesn't like that but you like that um it might be one because you need to work on your skills (laughs) but it also might be because they're just not comfortable um and they don't know how to be comfortable with their own body and as A partner, especially if you're in like a committed relationship, helping your, helping your significant other, um, value and love their body is, is their own job, but you can always play a role in that. Um, and being an encourager and showing affection and support is always the right answer. So moving on, um, I would say if you are at the point where you're comfortable and you know how to um, communicate that with your partner, what you like um, and what gets you to that point, the next part is the fun stuff, is trying things out, trying new things. The worst thing that can happen, I feel like, in a relationship where everything is going good is when you get into a mundane routine. And I feel like that's just like so common um, is to just like go with a mundane and you just have this routine and you lose like the luster and the love. And that happens like just because it's life like we're busy with life and we're distracted and we're caught up with like all of these other things that we have to worry about and sometimes our partner gets the short end of the stick because we just don't have energy at at the end of the day whether you're male or female um it's it's rough and so we fall into this like mundane routine and um, a lot of times that happens in the bedroom and that's when people start getting bored Um, and you know maybe one partner reaches out and the other partner isn't interested or one partner doesn't reach out because they know that they're going to get turned down Um, and I think it's really important to be mindful of the fact that um, you know, if you want, if you, we all change like over time. Um, like we're constantly growing and evolving. And I, and I think that has to happen in a relationship too. You have to grow and evolve together. And some people like it, like super vanilla and they're going to be content with vanilla for the rest of their life. And that's absolutely great. Um, if it's not broke, don't fix it. But if it is starting to get broken, um, whip some tools out of that tool belt and try them out is all I'm saying. Okay. That's all I'm saying. So if you guys, you know, know how to get there, um, you might have to switch things up every once in a while. And that doesn't have to mean anything crazy, but I mean like 
the same thing every single time is probably not going to be ideal um, for a forever thing. So if you're starting to feel like, I feel like I can't get my partner there, or I feel like he's just not getting me there, or I feel like I'm, something is off, like I'm not getting him there, have a conversation, be brave, communicate, and then get to moving people try something new spice it up whether that's like putting on some lingerie or having a conversation about like one thing i've been learning in my course that i'm taking is that there are different um time frames and levels of intimacy and so intimacy starts out as like a mutual attraction you're both attracted to one another and then there is arousal like you get turned on you're aroused and then there is now this isn't like the actual terminology i'm just pulling what i can remember right now um but there's attraction and then there's arousal and then there's like the physical act or whatever and then there is the climax so there's like foreplay would be like the physical like the beginning and then there is climax and then there is afterwards the connection that is there afterwards and so one thing that I think we really forget to pay attention to or even give any importance is that each individual might have a different heightened level of um, arousal or interest in, in other areas. And I know I'm, I'm not really making sense when I say this. So like, while someone might not even need the like mental stimulation of the attraction, that might be this like rev of someone else's engine. Um, and that might be what really gets them turned on while some other people don't really get turned on or excited until foreplay and they need a lot of foreplay um whether that's mental foreplay or physical they might need a lot of that and that is really what turns them on even more so than the actual um enjoyment of the climax and some people really crave that intimacy um post climax and that high or that feeling that they get after that And each person um, spends a different amount of time in those five stages. And when it comes to figuring out the steps or in the anatomy of an orgasm, um, I think that's an important, a really crucial thing to keep in mind is that... um, Climax and orgasm isn't just about like penetration or whatever there can be so much that builds up to it and when we take all that stuff away and we expect to climax from a little bit of wham bam thank you ma'am pumping action maybe that does it for some people but majority of the time there are there's so many different factors and so if you're really having trouble getting there or if you're having trouble with your partner getting you there um or if you're having trouble getting your partner there um no matter what side of this you're on i really think that thinking about that is so huge and obviously well for me it's obvious but 
the factor also comes into play um, both parties probably want to uh, have the other person initiate. It always feels good to know when your significant other wants you, when they're turned on by you. And so it's a crazy thing. I feel like a lot of women want their man to come on to them. They don't want to have to to come on to them but I feel like sometimes you know the guys are tired like they want to feel wanted as well they want to feel desired just like we as women do um and so I think no matter if you like who you're with or what the dynamics of your relationship is you also need to remember that if your partner is always if your partner is the one that always has to come on to you you coming on to them could be the very thing that changes the dynamic of that time that you spend together and could very well result in an outcome that you really enjoy or that makes them really happy or you really happy. Um, and I know it shouldn't have to be this complicated or in my mind, it shouldn't have to be this complicated, but yet again, that's why I'm here. That's what this podcast is for is because there's so many people, uh, going through different things or different struggles, um, and not feeling like they can talk about it or like there's any information out there, um, And I feel like a lot of the information that's out there about this stuff is so, uh, like scripted and printed and just not like realistic. So, um, yeah, I just hope that you guys really think about this stuff and can get some value from it. Um, I'm loving this course that I'm taking and me being a very open person and very comfortable, um, in a lot of different scenarios, I'm learning so much and I feel like I know a lot because I have experienced a lot in my colorful life. Um, and I'm just learning so much and I love that, um, there's information out there and I love that I have this platform to be able to share it because just having even conversations with my girlfriends they're like wow I never even thought about that and it's crazy um how we just kind of think things are just supposed to work when in reality like we we have to do a lot of work on ourselves and we have to make conscious effort um to have the results that we want we have to show up and put in the work and that just goes for everything even freaking sex you guys so that's all I have for you today today's a little bit shorter of an episode but I hope that I said something that resonated with you that can help you and really quickly if you are struggling and you do need some things to spice up the bedroom I do have um a lot of toys and a lot of fun things uh that I have just become affiliated with I partnered with an amazing company um they're like the number one company in the market for um, sex toys and lubes and all things romance fun in the bedroom and I'm going to do next week's episode on uh, just kind of 
the different ways that you can spice things up and kind of create a little bit more comfort and ease in the bedroom. And um, yeah, I'm going to be doing a review on a special swing. So I'm super excited to get that in and test it out. Give it a go. If you know what I mean, take it for a ride. Um, So that will be next week's episode. But yeah, if you guys are having trouble or you're really just curious about what ways you can spice things up, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. Um, I would love to help you and share with you um, the products that I love and that I have used. And you can tune in next week for a full podcast episode on that. All right. I hope you guys loved it and I'll see you next time.